truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in here today on The Blaze Live and On Demand. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. We love to know what you think about what we think. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program or like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. For those of you that are listening today, not watching, last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. And if you are listening to us today, particularly on the podcast, whatever is the podcast platform of your choice, say iTunes, if you could uh, give us a subscribe and a five-star review there, or anywhere you listen, the more of you that do that, the more likely we are to find people like you and remain employed. And we appreciate that, as do our families. And that's why we also appreciate all of you that have already left us one of those five-star reviews. Thank you very much. Coming up here at the bottom of this hour, our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, joins us. And after a brief respite, where two weeks ago, uh, he swerved dangerously close to optimism on this show. It was close. Close. That's as close as he'll get to it. It was unsettling. It was. It, it clearly was. Uh, and then last week, he decided that uh, him and his wife, uh, with a 10-year anniversary coming up, should have taken a second honeymoon. Again, dangerously close to optimism. I can just tell from reading what he is writing right now. Daniel is now back in his happy place. Uh, the woe and lamentation will be returning at the uh, at the bottom of the hour also today's truth bomb and then it's our friendly little game known as buy seller hold all of that and more coming your way but first we must find out what happened while we were away what happened while we were away brought to you by the cuckening continues was just presented the concept and parameters of the border security deal by hardworking Senator Richard Shelby, looking over all aspects, knowing that this will be hooked up with lots of money from other sources. We'll be getting almost $23 billion for border security, regardless of wall money. It's being built as we speak. We're still talking about anti-Semitism and Representative Elon Omar. What she said is so deep-seated in her heart that her lame... Apology, and that's what it was. It was lame, and she didn't mean a word of it, uh, was just not appropriate. I think she should resign from Congress, frankly. Mike Pence and Ted Cruz, among others, are continuing to push Omar to offer a better apology, while some on the left are t- continuing, of course, to run cover for her. There's also this tweet of hers recently. I have requested an investigation into USA Powerlifting's discrimination against a member of the Minnesota trans community. Respect for human rights includes protections for our trans brothers and sisters. As Dave Rubin points out, does your mosque perform gay weddings? Have any trans members? The Democrats must launch an investigation. Mitch McConnell announced yesterday he's bringing the Green New Deal to a vote in the Senate is now our new conservative hero. Of course, he won't schedule a vote on Ben Sass's Born Alive Survivors Protection Act, but that's just that's just unreasonable. You're being unreasonable. Pastor James McDonald was fired today from the church he helped found, Harvest Bible Chapel in Chicago. He's been one of the more prominent pastors over the last decade amongst non-denominational evangelicals. 
His firing comes after a long season of tumult involving massive amounts of debt on the part of the church uncovered by World Magazine, a defamation lawsuit against World Magazine, and most recently some inappropriate comments that were published by local media. BuzzFeed is concerned Planned Parenthood's new president won't be aborting as many babies as they'd like. Tell me this isn't demonic. Sir, you gotta repent, sir. You gotta repent, sir, for murdering babies. Why? Because it's a sin before God. Why? Wow. Stinky breath. Yeah, Why? that's pretty that's pretty evil of you, sir. Yeah, I am. And, and I hope and pray that you Yeah. Well, that's what you do to babies, huh? Yeah. I love it. You love it, huh? Yeah, I do. Okay. I hope that you come to Christ, sir. Oh, I'd never go to Christ. The abortionist in that video has since surrendered his medical license over that video after a bevy of accusations were made against his work at the Family Planning Associates Abortion Clinic. And finally, in case you've never seen a deep fake video, allow me to show you one. Introducing Jennifer Buscemi. So you're a huge Bravo fan. Oh, Who yes. is your favorite and least favorite housewife of all cities? <laughs> Um, my favorite is probably Lisa Vanderpump. Um, my least favorite, I don't want to have to say, I mean, I don't want to have to say, because who knows when you're going to run into these people. Boy, that's going to be a fun rabbit hole when we start faking videos of politicians saying outrageous things. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's montage today brought to you by our friends at Home Title Lock. Homeowners beware, a data breach may have just exposed 24 million of you to home title fraud, a crime that could even cost you your home if you have a mortgage, a refi, or a HELOC through a major bank. And that bank's data is breached. Now, thieves have the information they need. Even if you have identity theft protection, they can use some of those identity uh, identity materials like a middle initial, a last four digits of a SOCH, a, a checking account number to go on to a county recorder assessor site, use that information to verify their you, forge your signature, and then refile your home maybe under another name or liquidate that equity for themselves rather than for you and then stick you with the payments. Don't let that happen. Uh, a major bank won't protect you, but for pennies a day, Home Title Lock will. They will put a virtual barrier around the most valuable asset most Americans will ever have, and that is their own home, the equity uh, in their home. If you want to learn more or find out if you're already a victim, you can find out today for free with a free title scan and report at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. You know that deep fake thing? I'd never heard of that before. And... Uh, uh, I, I heard uh, Beck talking about it about a week ago. Yep. And I Googled deep fakes. First of all, I want to warn you. It's a good thing I own my own business. All right. If you, if you are not the guy that signs the front of the check at your job, I would urge you while at work or on a work server or browser, do not, do not Google deep fakes. Okay? Why? Uh, uh, don't answer. That. Yeah, most of them are not Jennifer Buscemi, or at least with any clothes. Okay, so that was my first mistake. Uh, the second thing was, I thought exactly what you just brought up, which is, when are we going to start seeing foreign leaders making allegedly provocative statements? Right. I mean, if you're an anarchist. If you wanted, if you wanted uh, to V for vendetta, the world, or our new conservative hero Julian Assange type, right? 
why wouldn't you use that technology to have the uh, the you know one of the Khomeini saying we are launching an invasion of Israel tomorrow, for example, right? I mean, why wouldn't you be? I remember remember the movie War Games when we were kids, oh, yeah. and the and the concern when we first started going to digitization uh, and having computers oversee the nuclear you know triad and all those sorts of things, and and could it be hacked? And would we would why wouldn't we have those kinds of fears with something like this? Um, yeah, I, I'm, how and I don't know how good of a technology you can tell when it's real or not. But I'm not so I'm not so much concerned about whether the folks over at the Pentagon or in our intelligence communities wouldn't have sophisticated enough software or hardware to tell a fake. I'm far more concerned with something that gets leaked to our media that fits a narrative that they want to have out there anyway. That's going to happen. And 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 we run with it. Like when we ran with uh, Mueller's about to indict Trump and ABC News, that was their Friday exclusive. And we lost a couple, you know, tens of millions of dollars in the stock market because it plunged like 200 points in five minutes at this news. Something like that. Like, why wouldn't we see something like that? And then the the our fake news media gets the scoop that they want, and it's not a scoop, but they think it is because it's one of these fakes. And who knows how it impacts our markets and impacts our international standing? I'd be far more concerned with CNN screwing us than something get, getting past the Pentagon, for example. See, that is absolutely the concern, and that is going to happen. Um, that I don't see how I don't I don't see how that could not happen uh, with this type of technology. And uh, conversely, though, you could get an actual video, a real authentic video of Cory Booker saying, I'm going to replace all beef in school mm-hmm. uh, with uh, mushrooms, portobello mushrooms. Um, and then he can turn around and say, hey, no, it's a deep fake. I never deep, said that. That was a deep fake yes. video. I never said that. That's going to happen as well. In a world where uh, there's already enough people who fall for the fake news media uh, on the left, in a world where there's enough people on the right to fall for a conservative treehouse and – um, you know, uh, name the name the fake news, clickbaity, gateway website, pundit, gateway red pundit. alert, politics, but stuff a world like that. that people yeah. already fall for that stuff. Yep. Yeah, and there's actually some real authentic um, fakeness here uh, with these deep fake videos. Oh boy, that's going to be a lot of fun. Well, for now, most from what I saw when I when I did a, a, like 15, 20 minutes of uh, in-depth research uh, on this, when I heard Beck talking about it a week or two ago, most of what's called deep fakes is basically confined, confined to putting Scarlett Johansson's face yeah. on old Jenna Jameson <laughs> scenes. Yep. That's what most of it apparently is. All right, but sooner or later, someone's going to say... What we're, I don't know what would stop somebody from doing that. Key and Peele actually already did. Jordan, Jordan Peele. Yeah, Jordan. Jor, Who did the outstanding Jor, film yeah. Get Out. Jordan Peele actually did this with Barack Obama, and it was very con- convincing because I'm not. it was either him or the other guy on the show who mm-hmm. does a really good Barack Obama impression, impersonation. They did the deep fake thing with Obama's face and, and his voice, and it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was troubling. We're going to talk about... Uh, uh, cocaine Mitch uh, and Ditch, as we like to call him on our show, Ditch McConnell, bringing up the uh, the Green New Deal for a vote. And we're going to have that on our roundtable later today. You guys don't give me a take on this because I don't know what you think. Okay. And I don't know what our panelists today will think about it either. Because I'm already on the record as saying this is, this is in my opinion, this is classic click servitism. This is click servitism 101. All right. 
I mean, we are literally we're gonna we are literally going to fill every tissue next to our nightstand over this, okay? While he's not actually putting up, you know, uh, while he's not actually keeping most of his promises that he's made for years, screwing us in primaries left and right, we're gonna forget about all of that because he's gonna throw this up there that gives us our click show. But um, I, I may be wrong. I, I might be too cynical. Okay, so we will discuss this uh, a little bit more. Uh, on the on the Blaze Roundtable today because this just looks like the classic Mitch McConnell play. I'll I'll never forget being at CPAC when uh, we were releasing rules for Patriots there. So this was 2014, and this was the the apex. Now the this was the Tea Party was just going to take over the Republican Party, and and Ditch comes in waving. I think it was an AR-15, and waving it as he walks in. Uh, to give a speech, and every one of those guys that was then after Ditch's speech going to go out there and rig the uh, presidential straw poll for Rand Paul, which was pretty much the whole room. Yeah, yeah, couldn't get enough. You know, and then of course he went out there, and you know, after he waved the AR-15, went back to Capitol Hill and screwed him every which way but loose. But hey, you know, he waved a gun in the room, so that was great. You know, but I, this could be a this could be a case where I am so cynical about this stuff now that even when they do something right, I I, I look to gift horse in the mouth. So we will debate it um, uh, later on today uh, on on the Blaze Roundtable. The um, the Ilian Omar thing is going to come up later today as well on our Truth Bomb because there is a level of providential. I, I believe this. There is a level of providential trolling happening right now in our culture where, where some of these things are so obvious that I, I really think saints in heaven are laughing right now at how, at, at some of the storylines we are falling for in this culture, okay? We're going to talk about that in our truth bomb a little bit later on. Let's go to, to the issue, though, that I think is the most important right now um, politically in the country that was in your montage. The James McDonald thing, can I just, you know, let me take a quick detour there. I'm, I had no idea that about that news. I think I even- It just broke this morning. Did it? Yeah. Uh, a wow. Um, as you were, as you were, um, as you were putting into the montage. For those of you that aren't in the evangelical uh, tribe, James McDonald, I, would you call him more of a, of a, of a, of a Southern Baptist version, even though he's not non-denominational for those of you that don't know. Most of the time in American Protestantism, non-denominational means we lean Southern Baptist. We just don't want to join. That, we that, just don't want that name. Yeah. Yeah. That's typically not always, not always, but a lot of times it means a lot of our ecclesiology, a lot of our theology would align with Southern Baptist. We just don't want the brand. We don't want to join up. That That's often what it means. Would it, would it be suffice to say he would be more of a, of a of a Southern Baptist version of a John Piper. Is that a good analogy for him, do you think? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Now, what's interesting about this, though, is nothing sexual-related has come up with this, right? No. The, the inappropriate comments, he was joking about uh, trying to put kitty porn on World Magazine CEO's computer, uh, and that was the comments that I So this was to. essentially, a, a, we're talking, a, he, an abuse of power. They, the, 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 his church board is basically saying he used his position as yep. a pastor yep. to enact a fiefdom and then try to enforce it accordingly. Pretty that, much, yeah. Interesting. 
Wow. Um, Can I comment on that quick? Sure, absolutely. Uh, Lord, Lord knows we Lord knows we we bash your side of the street enough well, when this no, stuff's this been is in just, the news. So it would only be fair at this point. <laughs> in fact, take all the time you want. Yeah. You've had to sit there how much the last few months, and I almost feel I've got Catholic guilt. So it's all yours. All right, it's all yours. Well, Catholic or not, I was once on the parish council for my church, and a man, my uh, senior, by three decades at least, fell into the conversation, well, son, this is only, this is less than 10 years ago. I'm 46, so I was in my early, late 30s, I think, of son, you got to understand that this is this is a business. And I just looked at him, I said, no, it's hmm. not. Hmm. And this sin, and the one we're talking about with McDonald, uh, allegedly, it is way more pervasive than the sex yes. abuse crisis is the 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 yep. way you manage your church. This problem is legion, yep. Catholic or Protestant, and it's the one that leads to the other nasty stuff as well. I, mm. I, I think we underestimate, and I think this is something we should pray for each one of our pastors, uh, parish leaders, priests, what have you. More specifically, uh, this temptation because because of the strength that it takes to uh, successfully lead your flock, um, uh, in, and that strength should be coming from uh, a deeper source, but because of the mental stra- stress and strength that it, I think it takes to lead any flock, there is a great temptation then to overreach and become domineering and or, uh, you know, very, very controlling. I've seen that a lot. Yeah. Happened in the church that I grew up in, and it's completely, completely splintered now. Uh, because of something that like this, what we're talking about with James McDonald, uh, just the manipulation, the over-controlling um, nature, um, and you know, it, this happened just when, within the last few years as well. So I think the temptation to uh, overreach, I think the temptation to um, be domineering, I think the temptation to be over-controlling, I guess is what I'm trying to say, with your own flock, seeing it as your own, I think that is probably a bigger temptation than what we realize for pastors. I think it's probably something we need to pray for them uh, more specifically about. I think that um, what you're basically saying is what made James McDonald such an effective witness yes. uh, to this culture, um, at least at this stage of his life, you know, I mean, he could uh, recover, repent, be restored. Um, but at this stage of his ministry career, um, end up becoming his downfall. And this is really the razor's edge. This is everything about Christianity is paradoxical, okay? And because it is in, in and of itself, it's it's demand for what Christian citizenship um, is defined as being in the world and not of it, in and of itself is paradoxical. The And, and this is why self-awareness, accountability, transparency, humility are key. Because, you know, we can't walk. Um, we, we we can't walk the tightrope. If you're in a position of of leadership uh, as a believer, the tightrope that is called for you to walk is impossible for you to bear that burden alone. And and you know it's it's a it's a thin line. We've heard line. It's a thin line between bravery and stupidity, right? It's a thin line between uh, being insulated and isolated as a leader insulated in the convictions of your beliefs that even when the world is against me, I know I'm doing what is right and I will stand athwart of history. That's a, there's a thin line between that and isolation, 
where you're now like no longer listening to people that you that God's put in your life to say, hey, I think you might want to reconsider something here. All right. This is a constant razor's edge. All of your leaders are on all of the time. The passion, those that have such a great passion uh, and inspirational voice, uh, you know, that that passion can be turned around in their private life where they fall yes. into sexual temptation yeah. and sin at this at the same time. I, I think that th- those are that there. This is really this is why it's called a narrow road. You know, it's why. And, and we have a temptation to elevate these people. There are some of you who have a temptation to elevate me because I'm in front of a microphone and a camera. And this is why I'm so, as, as honest as I can be without bringing in and breaking confidences of other people that get involved or are, are you know, are party to some of my weaknesses and brokenness, as much as transparency as I can provide without breaking those confidences, there, there's, you know, one of the most powerful things I've ever seen as a believer is uh, I was at a Christian men's conference several years ago, and uh, the the worship leader was Chris Tomlin, the best-selling contemporary Christian music singer. And he had, uh, you know, done one of his signature songs for us in the audience, famous one. And the point is that only Jesus is famous. And And everybody knows the words, and everybody's singing along, and at the end of the song, they turn off the lights on the stage. Him and his bandmates put all of their instruments down while we're singing the chorus of the song. And they walk off. No applause, no encore chants, nothing. To reinforce the message of the song, all right? Don't make us your idol, you know? Um, the song, famous one, isn't about us. Uh, it's about the only one who is famous. And I think that's the, that is the great temptation. Uh, and it manifests itself in a lot of ways because you have to understand that what makes your quote unquote Christian leader, um, what, what makes him so effective often is can also be turned and not very, and, and not very with much difficulty if they take their eye off the ball at all can be turned into a weakness um, and used against him. And we see that throughout the scriptures a million times. What People say to me all the time, are you worried you're so busy? And you want to know one of the reasons why I do this? Well, one, I, I'm just wired in a way where I can, I, I'm just wired to multitask. It's how I was made. It's how I was built. I've kind of always been this way, okay? Um, and And that has served me well in this line of work. But there's another more practical reason why I do this, okay? In the springtime, when David, when kings went off to war, David stayed behind. Do you guys know what happens after that verse? you guys know what happens? Bathsheba? Bathsheba happens after that, okay? What you see in David's life is when he was leading the fight, he was at his most principled best he was at the highest the apex of his integrity but as shakespeare once noted uneasy lies the head which wears the crown when he had united the tribes when he had determined that he had arrived when he had thought yeah i got this that's always when he was at his worst and that's here's the thing if the way my mind works my ability to do my job well 
if if I don't fill it with things that um, can be used for righteous means, it won't just shut down. It it won't just stop looking for things to do. It will seek substitutes that aren't righteous. And one of the ways that I avoid um, that temptation and whenever I have succumbed to it, it is because I have forgotten in the springtime when kings went off to war, David stayed behind. You know, when, you, when you're active on a mission trip and you're dealing with real human suffering, how tempted are you to cheat on your wife right then? Is it, do you even have the luxury of that even entering into your, into your mindset? No, because that is so low that, that sensuality and that, 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 that experience is so low on your priority list right now because it's, it, it's not relevant to, to the service that you are performing, the cause that you are engaged in, right? Mm-hmm. That's why when, when in springtime, when kings went off to war, all right, when David went off to war, when he went off to defend his people, to advance, his, to advance the kingdom of God, does he, have time, does he have time to notice the hottie bathing naked on the roof across the street? There's not time to notice that. He's got, he's got far more pressing matters. But when, when there's complacency, that's, that's when he has time to succumb to his base nature. And, and so I think that's, where for me, when the thing that makes me good at what I do can easily be turned around against me because if I am not filling those things with the things that are good, I'm, they're, they're still going to be demanded to be filled. So it could just be filled by something else. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's, and that, and that can also, and that's what you see there with James McDonald, the strength and courage of conviction. It's a thin line between courage of conviction and authoritarianism. And, it, and it's only accountability and self-awareness that stops us from crossing that line. Yeah. Or in other words, uh, instead of being a warrior for Christ, you, uh, you become a business manager. Yeah. That's, that's no, one way of looking at it. No good. Um, we don't have much time to discuss this, which is good because we're going to get into this more with Daniel. What you're watching, I think, take place with the wall and the shutdown, you're watching a repeat. This has been the refrain of the Trump presidency, which is Trump has an instinct. He likes, he likes being known as the guy who keeps his word. He likes being known as the guy who keeps his promises. So his initial instinct is to do what you want him to do, what he told you he was going to do. Then the Republicans huddle around and say, uh, um, I'm sorry, sir, but you can't do that here. And then his staff comes to him and says, you can't fight the Republicans and the Democrats at the same time. And like it or not, you're captain of Team Republican, so line up with Team GOP. And then the base, and then he's about, just when he's about to put pen to paper and sign on with Team GOP, the base like, no, no, bleep no. No, that's not what we sent you there for. And Trump's like, you know what? You're right. I'm not going to do that. Then he runs out to the front line again. And then he looks around. And Ditch is over here scheduling show votes. All right, there's nobody around. And then his own staff is divided. And then Javanka comes in and says, but daddy, 
And then his, the Republican leaders come in and say, we just don't, so we just don't have the votes for this and we can't do it. And we're just all going to look bad, you know, if you do this, you know. And then some of conservative media will be like, don't you dare cave. And then the rest of conservative media will be like, well, he's going to cave. We might as well just make our peace with it, make the best of it now and find a way to justify it to our audiences. Any of this sound familiar? Groundhog Day. It's, this has been his presidency. Some of it is his fault. Some of it is not. Um, some of it is conservative media's fault. Some of it is not. Most of it is the Republican Party's fault. Almost none of it is not. This is why it's such a colossal waste of time to either be rabidly never Trump or a Trump fluffer because both are so silly. The most just honest reaction is this. He, he's not treat him like any other. Guy. He's he's not he's not cutting it. He's not he's not doing it. He's 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 being manipulated as, as much as mani- the manipulator. Don't go into either one of those camps. They they aren't helping you ultimately come to a place that can deal with reality. You're picking an alt- you're actually picking something that's more of an alternate reality than what Steve just laid out. That's where we live. This this thing where both Republicans and Democrats are now almost making it unable for anybody to do anything worth doing. Let's find out what Daniel Horowitz thinks. He'll take us inside politics when we come back here live and on demand right here on The Blaze. Stay tuned. Hey, when was the last time you had your ears professionally cleaned? Have you ever? I mean, you want to be able to hear Daniel Horowitz's woe and lamentation here in a few moments. You want to be able to hear that loud and clear. Well, how about if you can deal with that plugged up feeling, itchy ears, a lot of the kinds of things, particularly this time of year uh, in the heat of or the dead of winter where there is no heat, where these things become even more prevalent. Uh, Deal with this now in the comfort of your own home with a prescription grade formula that no longer requires a prescription, let alone... Uh, expensive doctor visits and wasted time in the waiting room. It's called Wax RX. It uses a physician-developed technology that safely and effectively removes earwax buildup because a lot of times what we think is some kind of an infection really is. We just have too much wax uh, in our ears. And then it will soothe the ear with a pH-conditioned formula as well. Try the Wax RX system risk-free Right now, you can do it right now today. Just go to the website, use, that's right, use, usewaxrx.com is the site. Usewaxrx.com. And mom and dad, if you, if you were made to feel guilty because the cotton swabs that our parents used on us now says, well, you can rupture your kid's eardrum with those. Hey, this is something that can take the place of those and actually work much better as well. Usewaxrx.com and at checkout, use the offer code radio for free shipping. Usewaxrx.com. Offer code radio at checkout for free shipping. Daniel Horowitz joins us now to take us inside politics from Conservative Review with us here today on The Blaze. Good to have you back, my friend. How are you? We're doing all right. And, you know, Senator Mike Lee has just met with Ivanka Trump about paid family leave. So I think we're uh, we're off to a good start. There it is. My Daniel's back. Good to have you back, brother. (laughs) Good to see you again. All right. Uh, So before we brought you on here and, and we were teasing your segment 
uh, about the latest with the budget, the shutdown, will there be one, an emergency declaration, wall funding, et cetera. And, and I laid out a scenario for our audience that I thought has, has been, I, I think, wash, rinsed, and, washed, rinsed, and repeat, repeated numerous times in the Trump presidency. And it goes a little bit something like this. Tell me if you think that's what's occurring right now, too. Uh, Trump's initial instinct is he likes to hear, uh, he loves the irony of the guy who's the con man and the serial adulterer. He's the guy that keeps his promises. He's the guy that keeps his word to the base, right? So he loves that. So his initial instinct is to follow up on what he told his base he was going to do. And then the Republican Party comes in and says, uh, you can't do that. You're going to make us all look bad. You're going to split the party. Half of his staff comes from the Republican Party and says, you can't fight the Republicans and the Democrats at the exact same time. So cut the deal and move on and get back to uh, lock her up. So he's just about to sign the deal. Uh, and then conservative media says, whoa, contrary, mon frere. No way, Jose, we can't go there. All right. And so Trump's like, yeah, you're right. We can't do that. And then he goes back out there, charges the hill, looks around and ditches back here, scheduling shiny object show votes. And he's got no support. All right. And then finally, Javanka comes in, says, but daddy, uh, the, Re the Republican Party comes in and says, um, you know, that's not the way things work here. And, you know, uh, you're going to make us all look bad. And then we won't get any of your judges confirmed. And so we need to cut this deal. Uh, and then the, then the, then conservative media splits. Half of conservative media says, don't you dare cave. The other half says, and sometimes these groups actually switch sides, depending on the issue. The other half says, you know what? He's going to cave. Uh, but Hillary and let's just make our peace with it now because our audience doesn't want to hear us rip Trump. So let's just figure out what the new spin will be and get out ahead of what we all see is coming. Wash, rinse, repeat. Is that essentially the Trump presidency in a nutshell and what is happening right now? That's the best summation of the last two years I've ever heard, except there's just one detail. I disagree with the notion that the conservative media uh, yells, no way, Jose, and that it's even half of them on the second round are split. It's much less than that. And that's the problem, which is why I don't even think this is the last uh, – this is a summation of the last two years of President Trump. It's a summation of the state of conservative media. I mean that, that that's the real story here. Um, we could talk about Trump's faults, but I think you're right. His instincts, he wants to do the right thing. We don't have enough people telling him here's what you can and should be doing. Mm -hmm. Instead – you got to put yourself in his shoes for a minute, and I think you did that a little bit. He sees the negative energy in so many places. The positive energy in this case, I give him credit. Sean Hannity led rather than following. Sure. So he didn't wait for Trump to do the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. He actually did lead it, and I think that's why he backed off a little bit. But, you know, Rush instead was defending it. Everyone else is busy on, you know, dealing with Elon Omar, which, you know, there's a lot to say about that. There's always a distraction a day from the fundamental issue, and this is what we're going to continue doing. But, but uh, Steve, it's not for the rest of the tr uh, Trump's uh, presidency. This is what's going to happen for the rest of our lives with the Republican Party, with the exception that we might not even have a president in the future who's a Republican who is even this open – to possibly giving us what we want. And yet this is how much our phony movement is squandering it. You can only imagine what's going to happen henceforth. So there's this is both one, a, a policy question and then a, or there's a policy answer to this and a political one. And maybe they are the same. I don't know. Can the president, because what he's going to try to do, I'm guessing, is have it both ways. All right. He, he's going to sign this resolution 
and take the 1.3 billion, which is which. And I said this to our audience yesterday. What Rush is telling people is not true. He could have had this deal in December. This is the exact deal. Then this is because this is why they were arguing. Yeah, it was 1.6. Then yeah, you're right. It was actually more. That was why they were arguing. Call it a wall. Call it a barrier. Because the Democrats didn't want to call it a wall. It was just border security. But this is the and and if he would have gone to the Democrats and said, "Give me 1.6 billion, cut the detention beds by 20 percent, and we're going to keep Obama's catch and release," they would have taken that deal before Christmas. Okay, so he could have had this deal two months ago and avoided all of this. My guess is he's going to sign this in the end and then still try to declare an emergency declaration. A, do you agree with that? And then B, tell me why even even a federal judge that you and I might like, okay, which there aren't many, but even one that you and I might like, why a federal judge wouldn't look at that and say, you don't have an emergency problem. You have an appropriations problem. You, 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 You signed a budget. You go back to the Congress. We have a separation of powers for a reason. You go back to the Congress and, and, and say this amount of money is not worth it because why would you sign to take the money if you have an emergency? Why aren't you giving joint addresses? Why, why are we in court to settle an appropriations process? What kind of an expansion of power are you asking for? Doesn't this undermine his argument? Your thoughts on that two-part question. Sure. So obviously it undermines his argument politically, illegally. You know my view. You read the statute. There's no justiciable limitations on or second guessing on his determination of whether there is an emergency. It shouldn't be. But you're right. A, a judge will do it anyway. Um, it undermines his credibility because either we have an emergency or not. As mm-hmm. you well know, I support unilateral action because that is the only route to go. But I support it in a very nuanced and actually more effective way that he needs to take a holistic approach on many prongs of treating this not as a defense issue just for a loophole to get some fence funding, but holistically as a DOD, national security, military threat, designate the cartels as terrorists, call up the National Guard under the federal Title 10, not the state governors under 32, so you could override the New Mexico governor's uh, decision to pull back the Guard, beef up our military presence, start threatening the cartels, give speeches to that effect, not your stand-up comedy routine like he did at El Paso with barely any substance, more in line with what he did at the State of the Union. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think it will demonstrate to the American people what is an, an emergency, but there's a second half to this. There's a difference between doing this if he's going to go the executive route, and I think there's a better way of doing it, while there's a live ball in play, meaning a live short-term CR consistently being kicked down the road, a deadline facing Congress where now he puts the screws to the Democrats is like, hey, we're going to start gradually easing into doing this executive, executively, which would include, in my view, getting rid of DACA, too, which he should be doing. That's his ultimate leverage over them. Mm-hmm. That's the way you put the screws to them. What a lot of people miss is that by Trump signing this deal, it's not just a border deal. He will be, in fact, signing a seven-month omnibus, ending this as a debate in right. the national consciousness right. for the remainder of the fiscal year. So the, it will be a dead ball and there's nothing over which to use the executive act leverage. That That is the whole point of it. I, I want him to win this argument because it's in my vested self-interest too. Uh, 
whether I like it or not, I, you know, there's, you know, I don't like the weather outside. I don't like the fact there's two feet of snow out there uh, and I'm wintered out. I have no control over the winter though. So I have to, you know, deal with the reality of the fact that it's winter, whether I want it to be. So I would have liked to have a better person to be our proxy on the immigration issue. Someone who's a little bit more thoughtful, eloquent, et cetera, but I don't have control over those things. Yep. So I have to deal with the reality that he is probably for the, rem- for the remainder of this debate right now, he is our proxy on this issue. And so for guys like you and I that have been making these arguments before he ever came down the escalator, whether again, we want it to be true or not, there is no question our interests align with his right now. We need him to win this argument. And that's why my concern I I aired to you two weeks ago, and I'm even more concerned about it now. I'm concerned we're going to, we're going to lose the political will. Maybe, you know, there's a lot of people that don't want to fund Planned Parenthood either. Like 75% of Americans, we do it anyway, okay? We're going to lose, because we're not a nation of laws, we're a nation of political will. Always have been, always will be. We're going to lose the political will to move affirmatively on this issue if he devotes his only Oval Office address as a president to there's an emergency at the border and then... We just move on to the next shiny object, Focahontas, uh, you know, whatever the new clickbaity thing is. Uh, he's trolling Beto. Okay. Um, you know, again, 25% of Americans have a Twitter account. The vast majority who do aren't even active on Twitter. So there's a whole other America out there that doesn't care about this 20,000 people in El Paso, Texas showed up to hear him SNL riff. All right. I, I, but a, a lot more watched that Oval Office address and they were told we got to do something about this right now. And then we're, we're not going to put any shovels in the ground. We're not going to do anything. I'm concerned we're going to lose the political will to move in our direction on this issue if we blow this moment right now. Your thoughts on that? You mentioned abortion. Remember when the videos came out of Planned Parenthood talking about harvesting baby organs? That was a seminal watershed event in a four-decade-long debate. We had a window. I remember at the time even Democrats thought that they lost this. Like, yeah, you know— we're going to preserve Roe and abortion, but you know Planned Parenthood funding is gone, and of course Republicans never pursued that. But you know you lose the window, and one of the things that I've enjoyed over the last number of weeks is that for the first time in my career, I feel like we've sustained, we've had engaged in a sustained mm-hmm. national dialogue, talking about the multifaceted nature of this invasion and the cartels and the problems with illegal immigration and the violence and the gangs and everything. And we need this discussion. And I would argue that this is why, especially once the shutdown itself ended, Trump's numbers in Gallup went up seven points. Mm -hmm. Democrats cannot win on this issue. Let me tell your audience something else. Our mutual friend, Chip Roy, now Congressman Chip Roy, who's one of the only other people talking about this issue in the right way, he went on Chris, uh, Chris Cuomo's show, okay, big liberal, and he got Cuomo to agree with him that we have a major problem with the cartels. If you make that the issue, the Democrats cannot win on that, and that's what I find so concerning about giving up this battle for the remainder of the year over nothingness, which will probably make it harder to apprehend uh, or, or to keep uh, even those that we keep in ICE detention, the adult non-family units, because uh, it cuts detention beds by 17.5% under the latest proposal. But even without that, to give it up for a bunch of nothing, and you're right, it weakens his ability to make this as a uh, um, national emergency. But again, who's running the show? The slumlord from Baltimore, a.k.a. Jared Kushner. Uh, let me draw an analogy here to make your, help you, to help bring your point home to people. 
um, even more plainly than, than what you and I have discussed. This is, this is the Soviet Union Cold War of his presidency. It's the signature issue of his presidency. It is the issue that really took him from novelty act to a force of nature in American politics, and that's the immigration issue. And his willingness to, to touch on birthright citizenship and lots of other things that the Republican Party said, no, 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 we can't ever talk about those things. And the base wanted him to talk about those things. You, you know, Reagan dealt with an opposition Congress. He had, he had a Republican Senate for the first, his first term. But he dealt with an opposition House his entire term. He dealt with a full operation opposition Congress throughout his sec- for most of his second term in both houses, and 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 you know Ted Kennedy's having dinner with Daniel Ortega, who's leading the uh, you know the the communist in Nicaragua at the time, and 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 we forget. I, I saw that uh, Molly Hemingway at the Federalist was was tweeting the other day about watching an old C-SPAN episode about from the '80s, and re- people are calling in from the left and calling Reagan a fascist and a Nazi. All right, we this, there, there's nothing new here. We just have Twitter to amplify things that have always been like this. The, but even when Reagan couldn't get Congress to Tip O'Neill or wh- whoever to to agree with what he thought needed to be done to confront the Soviet Union, there was never a time he allowed that issue to rem- to to leave the American consciousness. Speeches, uh, evil empire, tear down this wall, uh, unilateral action, arming the Contras. Okay, for example, against yep. the Sandinistas, he was he had he knew he, he had the integrity of you know arming Helmut Kohl and the West Germans, and there's protests about that he never left that issue he kept building credibility with that issue my fear is this presidency lacks respect and stature with a majority of americans and and i feel i'm i fear i fear daniel that if he lets this moment go by the wayside with a signature issue then this is maybe the, the the best opportunity he has between now and the 2020 election to restore a lot of that respect and credibility by sustaining yes i'm serious about something yes i'm sticking to this yes i am your president and that's why you don't want those communist clowns on the left over there to 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 win instead that's what there not to mention Daniel, if you're sitting in Beijing, if you're sitting in Tehran, if you're sitting in, in Pyongyang and you're watching this guy cave to, to Pelosi, why do you think he has any leverage with you at all? I'll give you the last word. Steve, that's exactly the point. As it relates to the policy, the issue divorce from Trump, as I said on, on your show two weeks ago, I do think that the window won't necessarily close. It's not like abortion where Planned Parenthood was going to produce more abortions i mean there's no trajectory here there is a trajectory the the more he he doesn't act the more this is going to become a problem i mean it's really bad another two groups came in in this tiny county i've been covering hidalgo county new mexico last night i mean this stuff is going to continue happening but i think what you're talking about is trump's personal credibility the problem that we've had with him the last two years is really part of it is his strength He's the first person to come along that at least has a platform in the Republican Party that is actually speaking to the severity of this. Mm -hmm. I thought he did a good job even as he was capitulating in that Friday speech. What is it? Almost three weeks ago when he caved, he actually talked about the cascading effects of illegal immigration, the cartels. And and you see it, it. When was the last time you heard State of the Union addresses? Where it wasn't just like partisan, the, the, that right. party liked it, the other party. No, I mean the polls. People are like, "Wow, that that that's good." Um, that's where he needs to succeed. And and and, but my fear is, like you said, he steps up to the line and he says it. He tells 
but he doesn't show. You have to demonstrate it. You have to declare war on the cartels. You have to stop listening to every utterance of the courts with interest, even more than what the courts demand often, like in the case of DACA. Mm -hmm. They didn't even say you can't do it. Um, get rid of it. That That's the problem. you got to demonstrate it fully, and he's incapable of that. But, but again, the question is, Who's the alternative? Show me who in the Senate or the House, I know. except for an obscure freshman House member like Chip Roy, who is actually doing it? Yeah, and that's why our, that's why our people give him so much rope because there is no answer to the question that none. you just posed. Yeah, where it, is it, Ted it, Cruz it, it's, and it's, Lee? It's kind of him or him or bust. Yeah, and that's the way a lot of our people feel, and I don't blame them for feeling that way at all because that that is kind of the reality of the situation we're in right now. Either Samson tears down the Temple of Dagon or the peddlers stay. No one else is coming along to do it. You're right. Good to see you, my friend. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it, as always. All righty, take care. We got about a minute here, fellas. Any quick reaction what we just heard from Daniel? Well, once again, he nailed it. What? Who is Trump? Does he have anything left in the tank based on what we assumed him to be? The 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 guy with the jawbone of an ass? Or has that been a farce all along? That's a million-dollar question. Because here's the thing. he Daniel talked about him coming up to the line. He's going to get all the blowback for coming up to the line at all, whether he goes over the line and wins or not. They're not going to call him less of a xenophobe, less of a racist. Right. You know what I'm saying? So if you're going to get all the blowback anyway— you might as well go ahead and cross the line and go for the win, right? Somebody should write a book about commandments like don't attack what you're not willing to kill kind of a thing, right? That might make for a good book at some point. Somebody should think about that. Hour two is next. And we're back here with Hour 2 of the Steve Day Show, live and on demand and on the blaze. Uh, that would be me. Uh, Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. Buy, sell, or hold coming from you, I'm guessing, because uh, Aaron likes to pawn that task off to the audience. And most of the time, you guys do a good job. That's coming up a, a little bit later on in this hour, so make sure you stay tuned for that. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Email the program. Steve at stevedace.com. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. And right now on our Twitter account, uh, Jonah Goldberg tweeted something right before we went on the air uh, that uh, begging the question, I'm still looking for evidence that Trump is a great deal maker halfway through his first term. What what evidence has been presented that says he's a great deal maker? I, I have retweeted that and I'm not yet looked but I am anxious to see how our audience would respond to that, pro or con. And I'm going to take a look at that a little bit later on today. And uh, we may even talk about some of those responses on the air uh, here soon. So if you want to chime in on that conversation, if you do have a Twitter account, at Steve Day Show, Todd, you were telling me uh, that you've got something up on our Facebook page right now that kind of goes along with what we're going to be debating and discussing on the Blaze Roundtable later today about uh, the Green New Deal. Um, And you're asking people whether they think this is brilliant uh, politics from Mitch, right? Or another, you know, shiny object. Real simple. Mitch McConnell, friend or fiend? Because my position is I I agree it is brilliant politics to make Democrats vote on something they would prefer to deny. But that's, that's that's not the real brilliance of this. The real brilliance of this is click servitism is in a froth is a, is in a lather. It's frothing at the mouth. That 
uh, they's about to get them clicks, yo. New conservative hero, Mark. Yes, they're going to get those clicks uh, because that that generates the clicks a lot more than hold uh, hold ditch accountable for all of his betrayals. That 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 generates a lot more clicks. But uh, we'll get into that later today. There's a just chilling synergy, though, in terms of we just got done talking about is a Trump against Mitch ultimately here. This is this is ultimately very Trumpian in terms of how he got elected. Yeah, to some extent. Hey, the wall, the wall, the wall here. He, he yells and screams, gets people up in a froth. And then when it comes time to deliver, I mean, how much we this is we talk about these guys ultimately not being able to come together working. But they, at the end of the day, aren't they just really a lot alike? And that's why we're still going nowhere and spinning our wheels. I, I would argue to some extent. I would argue for all of his faults, I've gotten more out of Donald Trump in two years than I've gotten out of Mitch McConnell in the last 20. Oh, I, I would I argue can, that. I can accept that. I mean, if you want to give McConnell credit for judges, well, if Trump doesn't win the presidency, there's no judges for Mitch McConnell to get confirmed, right? So even the thing that you would, I, I suppose you could say that uh, McConnell, the one solid he did do for us is uh, when he wouldn't put Merrick Garland up for a vote at the end of the Obama era when uh, Antonin Scalia died. And okay, and I've even granted that actually. Remember, I even wrote a column saying, hey, I'll give credit where credit is due. You know, I can't stand this guy, but he did us a solid. But also understand that again, if Trump doesn't win that next election, it, it doesn't matter about whether he stopped Merrick Garland because Hillary would have nominated somebody actually even worse than Merrick Garland. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So even all the things that you think McConnell has done for you could not have happened without Trump. And then think of all the times he has screwed you every which way but loose previous to Trump and even since Trump, by the way. So, yeah. Um, In fact, I would argue, therefore, based on this, McConnell is actually better at this game. And he's been playing it longer. Right. Uh, It's just a game that he's been playing um, almost exclusively with rare exception, almost exclusively to our detriment. And there have been times that Trump has played this game to our benefit. We can't deny that either. Nope. We'll get into this a little bit more today on the Blaze Roundtable. Make sure you're tuned in for that. One of the things we love to do on our show is support individuals and causes that are taking a stand to affect positive change. One such person is Miss Victoria Hurst. She's taking one of the toughest stances you can take, and that's against her own family, the Hurst family, as in William Randolph Hurst. They own Cosmopolitan Magazine, and uh, Victoria is concerned, seeing the obvious tilt towards, shall we say, adult-oriented material in her family's publication in recent years. And she's not asking for censorship. She's asking for stewardship. And she needs some help to help lend a voice to convince her family that, hey, if if you're going to do more adult-oriented content, fine, we guess. We prefer you don't do that, but okay. But at the very least, if we're going to be Playboy now, we should be treated accordingly. We should be shielded from minors accordingly. If that's a cause you can get behind, CosmoHurtsKids.com is the website. CosmoHurtsKids.com. That's H-U-R-T-S. CosmoHurtsKids.com. All right, let's get to today's Truth Bomb. Brought to you by my new book, Truth Bombs, Confronting the Lies, Conservatives Believed, or Our Own Demise, available right now. Don't hesitate. My kids are banking on Disney for Christmas, yo. Go to Amazon right now and get your copy of Truth Bombs. You won't just be subsidizing the day's family Christmas, but I think it's a fairly decent read, too, you know? 
Um, and it's got the endorsement of some people that you like more than me. So take that. I mean, take, if you don't like me and it's not like you don't have reasons, uh, take Ben Shapiro, Mark Levin, Glenn Beck, and Matt Walsh's word for it. You like all those people by every metric. You like all those people more than me. So take their word for it. Pick up your copy of truth bombs today. And if you have, and you liked the book, if you could leave us a five-star review at amazon.com, we would greatly appreciate that as well. Thank you to all of you that have done so already. So, uh, one of my old radio mentors used to have a saying, coincidence is God's way of staying anonymous, is what he used to say. And sometimes, though, things can be so obvious. There, there was, uh, you know, the word our grandparents used to call hidden in plain sight. You know, and sometimes, some, what does that mean? When someone gives you an idea and throws something your way and you're like, man, how did I? How did I miss that all along? I should have I should have seen that all along. That's okay. how you, you pretty much say out loud when somebody has a tweet that you wish you wrote, like, man, yes. how did I miss that? I wish that I should have been my glory. Yes, I should yeah, and, and I gotta give you credit, you know. Um I I believe this, and I don't believe this because I have some prophetic anointing and a direct line to the Almighty. I mean I mean I'm a I'm a born again believer who has God's spirit living inside of me. So on some level, I have a direct connection, but I don't mean like on a, you know, um, I'm not an Amos and Isaiah, that level. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. I mean, I have the same, I, I have the same, I can boldly approach the throne of grace as anybody who has the same relationship with their Lord that I have can do. Okay. So I don't have some extra special calling or anointing along those lines. Can you imagine the names you would call people if you did? <laughs> Can you imagine the names I call people now? When I, I know that's what I'm saying. <laughs> this is so cool. Oh, if you guys, hey, if you think this is edgy, you guys should tune into the uh, the the DVD. fully anointed Steve yes, Day show. Yeah, we're just tossing anointings around, brother, <laughs> like grenades. If you know what I'm saying, yeah. Uh, except it reads like that first letter to the Corinthians that Paul wrote. That's been lost. It reads more like that. Yeah. A lot more of that than, uh, you know, um, uh, words of love seasoned with salt. Yeah. Just words of salt seasoned with saltiness. More like that. Um, I, though, this is, so this isn't some, you know, I got a direct download. Okay. Nor do I even think it was last night's pizza because I didn't even have pizza last night, actually. Um, I think, nice. Thank you. Yes. Are, are no, you sure about this? Yes, I'm yeah. not. Is that Hillary Clinton's campaign gear yeah. or Benny Hinn? Yeah. Uh, but I'm not. I'm not going to be slaying anybody, uh, except maybe by making. I might slay you enough to make you laugh here in a minute. All right. I I am I'm reading the signs of the times, which we're all commanded to do. Okay. What I'm about to say, I really believe this. Okay. I I believe we are being providentially trolled. And, and there are theological examples of this. Like at Mount Carmel, the prophets of Baal show up, the, the demon Baal, the prophets of God show up, or the prophet of God, uh, Elijah, shows up. And, you know, I mean, the pro, and, and it's a showdown, who can make it rain? Literally, they're literally having a showdown of who can make it rain. Now, that expression meant something different. In ancient Israel, at about you know uh, uh, 1200 BC, uh, than it than it does nowadays. Okay, but um, the prophets of Baal will go first. 
and they're chanting and cutting themselves, and Elijah's trolling them. He even says to them in front of all the people, he says, I don't know, maybe your Lord's taking a dump right now. Maybe he can't be bothered. He's dropping a deuce. That, he's literally trolling them. Imagine if you walked in one day to church. You guys are going through the book of Ezekiel. Right? You're going, and you're doing this expository style. Okay? Chapter by chapter, line by line. All right? And the, I think it's, was it, is it chapter, it's like 34 or something. And your pastor opens it up and says, today's scripture reading. And then you betrayed me and became like women who lusted after her lovers, whose penises were like donkeys and whose ejaculate was like horses. Let us pray. What would happen in most churches in America if that went down? Are we going to be sacrificing a goat here too? It's the big one, Alice. Folks, chest grabbers. Did God really say? This would be the most cardiac, the record for cardiac arrest on a Sunday in American history. Except that's right in there, actually. That is right in there, verbatim, nearly verbatim. Or you walked in one day and you guys are like doing like Galatians, right? And today's scripture reading uh, comes from the Apostle Paul. If you love circumcision so much, cut your entire penis off and be especially holy. Let's rise and sing. People would lose it. Lose it. But again, everything I just mentioned, that's in there too. All right? There is, those are what things I call providential trolling. We're almost where, you know, and those of us, it's something that those of us with the gift of sarcasm uh, are, you know, we're, we're good at, at deciphering this. All right? But there is a certain jaundiced, cynical bent where a culture becomes so far gone. That even Almighty God is like, I got to break my foot off here a little bit. I, mean, I got to, you know, the end of Job. Basically, God shows up after listening to Job's friends philosophize, like Damon Wayans on In Living Color, you know, and that one of the great skits of my childhood. Okay, when you put the Wheaties in the fallopian tubes, that's what kind of what Job's friends do for like twenty chapters, and then finally God shows up like the Rock, and He's like, "Hey, man, shut your hole and know your role." All right, let me reset this for you. Okay, you know, every now and then there is some providential trolling, and I believe we're seeing it take place in real time right now. Let me give you two examples. The first hijab-wearing member of Congress is calling for the defunding of the Department of Homeland Security. If I took that to like pure flicks and said, hey guys, I got a great idea for a conservative movie. All right. They're like, yeah, yeah. Or some like conservative filmmaker like Clint Eastwood. I'm like, hey Clint, check out this. Here's a story for you. All right. Muslim member of Congress who wears a hijab Okay, where's a hijab? Okay, calls for, is openly anti-Semitic and calls for the defunding of the Department of Homeland Security, which was established after 9-11, which was 
orchestrated by sects of Islam. What would they say to me? What are you, a freshman in screenwriting yes, class or yes. something? What is this, the seventh grade? Hey, hey, save that for your AP English final. Yeah. No one would make that film. No one would make that story. It, 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 it would be, right now, there, right now, um, Reddit 69 me at altright.com has lost his poop. He didn't think of Ilian Omar first. Holy crap, this is real. It's actually happening. An openly anti-Semitic member of Congress wearing a hijab has called for the defunding of the Department of Homeland Security. Yeah, in in good fiction, you know, Jack Bauer has the common sense. The minute that's uttered, he just walks into Congress and says, yeah, you're out. Somebody tweeted to me this week. I wish I remembered his name. I'd give him credit because I like to do that, okay? One of our listeners, oh, it was was that... uh, um, Boko Harambe guy oh, on Twitter. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Tweet. That's, that's right. I remember now tweeted to me. This is like a bad rejected 24 script yeah. with all one dimensional characters. Yes. Yeah. I mean, th- that's guys, we couldn't conjure this up. We couldn't make it any plainer that to me, I, I, I believe that is providential trolling. Let me give you another one. All right. We have our first openly bisexual member of Congress. And it's like the hot lipstick lesbian that you uh, leered at on all the websites you hid from your parents when you were growing up. And her last name is, when you break it down, her last name is Sin Enema. Just let that waffle in the air for a minute. Sin enema. Come on, man. Come on. Newt Gunray called and said, that's a little heavy handed. George Lucas wouldn't have put that in episode one. It's so obvious. Sin enema. Her name is Sin enema. Really? That is the name. The guy that was on Tucker Carlson last week that was Ocasio-Cortez's advisor. Like, if we drew up, guys, what do you think? What do you think, like, one of her, like, you know, socialist professors looks like? The oh, son like, of Art Garfunkel? Yes! <laughs> I looked at it, I'm like, no way. It cannot be this obvious. Men, I believe we are witnessing providential trolling. From above, I, I, be, I'm, I'm doing my best here to read the signs of the times, and and I think we are getting providentially trolled as a culture right now. If you were omnipotent and a good troll, this is what it would look like. Yes, because yes, I because it's so obvious and yet so profound in its obviousness that it's kind of it's the it's like the old question they always ask in in seminary: Is God imminent or transcendent? And the answer is. Both, but the argument, but in a human binary sense, we always argue, is it one or the other, right? This is so both simple and plain and yet profound at the same time that this truly is kind of a, let those with ears to hear, let them hear kind of a thing. And it's one of those things when I spelled it out for you, this obvious, weren't you like, holy crap, man, why didn't I see that day one? What else is going on? Yeah. Now I'm, I'm, 
I threw this out there before we went on the air yesterday. And we were all like, like we literally just had epiphanies, man. And, and, um, now I'm I've like totally been reading the news different the last two days. <laughs> I'm like on the I'm like on the lookout for this stuff now. Okay, but but Todd, your thoughts? Well, let's face it. We in our professional family life, the, the, the stuff that's not just purely escapist though. There's a lot that it's 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 very very sober. So we're walking around and. Uh, um, it, it's hard to keep your shoulders up straight all the time, but this is the stuff. I mean, faith, hope, and love in terms of checking the hope box, you know, you're walking around and man, it's, it's not looking good. And, but you're looking everywhere for this stuff. Cause when it comes, you look you're like, love you, brother. Yeah. You did it, man. I mean, you are, you, you are my rock str- and my shield on this kind of stuff. Yes. I am strangely comforted by this. Oh yeah. Because, it, because if, if, if I'm reading the signs of the times, right, it is evidence that we have not just been, as a people, disowned as an ingrate, but that um, um, there's there's still some there's still some direct hand of providence working to get our collective attention as a people. That's kind of what I heard you kind of touching oh, on. Oh yeah, a and, bit. It, and it comes. I mean, it it's it has a a finger. It's not the equivalent of fingernails on the chalkboard in terms of making you feel uncomfortable, but it's that it, 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 it's, it's scree it's tires screeching like that. It's at the scene, the last scene, the great speech at the end of scent of a woman, Steve, mm-hmm. when Colonel Frank Slade just does his, ah, hell no. And mm-hmm. it's full of language and, and everything, but everybody's just like, Oh, okay. There's somebody somewhere is still capable of understanding what it means, what you got to do when it's high noon, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and and so, yeah, that's it. it. Most of the time, everybody's failing at high noon. And we, who shall we send? Donald Trump, are we serious about that? Yeah, it's going to be Donald Trump this time. But it, it's the hope that you see in this kind of thing. Yeah, I you're, you are dead right on it's, eyes to see and ears for, to hear. Aaron, for everything, there's a time and a season, yeah. right? There's a time and a season to very piet pietistically is that even a word uh seeing you know near near close just a closer walk with thee and then there but sometimes when we are so focused on that we miss when it's time to say to the judaizers you know what i'm tired of arguing with you i'm tired of all your lame points i'm tired of your double standards if you love this so much just cut your whole penises off then show me show me just how much you love how much you? How much? How much removing a portion of your male organ makes you holy? Remove the whole thing and really show me how committed you are, right? And sometimes while we're over here singing, you know, the pietistic hymn, we miss that sometimes a culture needs needs the grapefruit right to the face yeah. to get its attention. And this is what I meant really quickly. And I'm is when that guy tried to pull off. You know, the church is a business. Hell, no, it isn't. Yeah, and this is, I mean, is this what the still small, the subtlety is the great part of of both of these things? Is this the still small, is this part of the still small voice uh, of God uh, in our in our lives that, hey, I see you working there really obviously. But I see what really, you did there. Yeah, yeah. really, really subtly. Uh, but no, this is, uh, I, I agree. I mean, there are times, the, the grace and forgiveness and um, what we uh, what we typically might characterize, at least, um, you know, in our own minds, as being some of the softer 
uh, softer parts of, of Christianity and the, the Christian walk. And even though that is that is true on some level and there is comfort uh, when we recognize the weight of our own sins, there has to be a breaking, though, a, a true breaking and a breakdown before you find – I mean, that's, that's your testimony. That should be all of our testimonies to some degree. Um, there has to be a breakdown. And what what – causes that breakdown to happen it is a confrontation uh with your own by someone uh from god um or in some circumstance there has to be a confrontation in order for you to break down feel the weight of your own sin and i think that's in some way hopefully is what you're talking about uh with this because there is there has to be when a culture of course is this far gone there has to be that confrontation there's no other way that this can go about. There's no other nicisms, niceties that you can throw at this culture to make them question, um, to, to make them question their own ways. So it is, it is fun, fun to talk about. So the, the news media that on Christmas Day wants to print columns about how do we even know Jesus ever even existed? And then they spend millions of dollars while their industry is laying off hundreds of people. They spend millions of dollars not relocating those people into new jobs, but running an ad during the Super Bowl to claim they are some final watchman on the wall arbiter of, of all truth. And then literally the very next day, we find out that they knew what was going on with the Virginia lieutenant governor the entire time and just didn't print the story. The next day. The next day. The next day. Hmm. I don't know. I think there's when when you look at the self, the lack of self awareness. You know, um, those. That's it, that's the kind the exposing of that lack of self awareness is the kind of thing you see in books, scriptural books like the like uh, like the Book of Judges, for example is when you see a culture so far gone and awash in moral relativism that it just lacks all self-awareness. That, uh, you know, a, a priest with a, with a sex slave uh, dares to be offended that a woman he was, frankly, abusing and raping was raped to death um, against when he wanted to be able to abuse her uh, as he saw fit instead. And you're like, uh, self-awareness much? Right? That, that is replete in our culture today. And I think that is, those are examples of, of providential trolling. So, you know, I, I said this a couple of years ago during the election. I am really confident. And it's one of the things that, you know, keeps me doing this. I'm really confident we're watching God move in our culture right now. I am not confident, however. It is a movement many of us have are, are, have seen coming or would prefer the movement to be. Um, I got into an argument with a guy when I was doing a book interview um, in a big host of show in a big market. You guys sat here and heard, and heard that interview. Yep. Right. And, you know, he's like, well, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe God would move to purify the Republican party. I'm like, Man, I'm really hoping God's got something bigger in mind than that. 
But if you go back and replay the argument him and I had, the basis for his argument, and you guys tell me if you disagree, but I kind of thought the basis of his argument was he could not foresee, you know what? Let me really boil it down. Nothing good comes from Nazareth. He could not see or, or, or support the notion that God would move in a way outside of the paradigms that he's the most comfortable in. When, you know, when you read that book, man, it's the best-selling book of all time. Almost always God moves. Opposite of the paradigms and the ways we are the most comfortable Preach. in. There it is right there. Very seldom. Does he, and I would, I would say never, but I'm not a learned theologian. So I'm afraid that if I make that pronouncement, there'll be a needle in a haystack and uh, point out that there have been exceptions to that. But most of the time, maybe the vast majority of the time, the new wine does not go into the old wineskins. Most of the time, you know, and, you know, most of the time we miss it because we're like the disciples, um, after they watch Jesus' ascension, and they're just kind of, wow. And they're just kind of standing there. And finally, a voice comes down from above and says, uh, hey, <laughs> didn't he give you something to do? Get going. You know? I mean, we love our nostalgia. We love our salad days. And, and often those salad days weren't as good as we remember them. You know? And, and often... Uh, God is doing new things with the oldest truths. And, and we kind of would prefer new truths in the, in, um, uh, in the oldest things because that's where we're comfortable. So just my two cents here today. When we come back, buy, sell, or hold. Do we have good ones this week? Yes, we do. Now, how many of these are you responsible for? Um, how's the weather? How, how are you? <laughs> how's how was the, how are the roads coming in, Steve? Is that why they're good? Uh, um, I because you weren't responsible I, for any of them. I maintain. Um, I need to leave now. Uh, here's what you, I'm almost. I, I should probably stop busting your chops about having the audience do this for you every no, week. No. Because when I leave it up to you, I usually end up with. A, a, a cultural abomination, a Rolling Stone, like list. Rolling Stone's yep. best songs of the '90s, yep. and they're all, and 90 percent of them are terrible. No, I did, I did that list by myself the other, the a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the tw- top 25 relocation mis- mistresses. Yeah, that uh, was good. That, I, we had fun with that, and that's all I intend to contribute to this segment for the foreseeable future. So we're going to get to your uh, buy, seller hold propositions when we come back here. Next on The Blaze, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show, like us on Facebook, and email the program. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. Uh, D-E-A-C-E is how to spell the last name. More in a moment. You know, it's bad enough your IRS problems ruined 2018. Don't let it ruin 2019 as well. Um, consider what's at stake when the IRS has you in their sights, a paycheck, now your bank account, maybe your business, or even your own home. If you're smart, 
You won't take on the IRS alone. You need expert help, but who? I mean, they're all the same, right? Not necessarily. Uh, Optima Tax Relief is America's number one tax resolution firm. Optima knows that behind every tax problem are honest, hardworking Americans with families, paychecks, and bank accounts to protect. When you engage Optima to fight for you and protect what's yours, you're getting a proven Award-winning team that over the years has saved nearly a billion with a B, a billion dollars for their clients. So call them right now for a free consultation while you still have options. Optima Tax Relief, 800-699-6140. That's 1-800-699-6140. All right, let's get to it. This week's edition of Buy, Seller, Hold. Our producer, Aaron, will present to us from you, the audience, a series of propositions that he has suggested, or he has, I should say, selected. Todd and I will decide, are we buying or selling that? Hopefully with at least one good reason why. Uh, And once per episode, we are allowed to put a hold on something. But if it's for any reason other than, man, that's lame, we will be mercilessly mocked for punking out as the dude code commands. Aaron. All right. So this first one is pretty funny, but I uh, want us to take it with some degree of seriousness. Jacob Hibbard says Republicans will uh, propose a watered down version of the new Green Deal that is more fiscally responsible and pro-business. Bye. They've already, in many respects, kind of done it. Uh, At least they've done the proto version of this with uh, McCain and Lindsey Graham and others uh, uh, cap and trade support, uh, you know, a decade ago. That was essentially the attempt to, <clears throat> pardon me, do a pro-business version of the of buying into the global warming scam without the complete utopian reimagination of society. So, uh, buy. See, I think what this means is they're going they're going to instead build the high speed rails in the southern states and red states, and only <laughs> the cows living in blue states can't fart. Uh, I'll still buy. Was there a timestamp on that, Aaron? No, no timestamp. Um, ultimately, I fear yes. In the near term, no. Things are just a little too nutty. This requires requires more subtle times. Here's I the think. thing, though. Here's 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 why I'm a hard buy. Hard buy. The day after this, the Washington Examiner ran a story that said, "Sneer at this if you must, but you know the Republicans offer no alternative vision." And I think it was even our uh, contemporary here at The Blaze, uh, Andrew Wilkow, tweeted back to the Washington Examiner, why do Republicans have to offer any alternative to this? You know, hey, I'm I'm chopping my head off. Uh, Sneer it if you must, but Republicans haven't offered an alternative to this. (laughs) I mean, I mean, it... I mean, yeah, yeah, okay. I'll never, you know, when this really blew, really opened my eyes, one of the galvanizing moments to the notion of a unibrow was when we had about 10 years ago, we had the whole um, drill baby drill argument. Remember that? When gas prices went obscenely high yeah. for this day and age. And I remember watching on television, none of the oil companies were running drill baby drill ads. I remember ExxonMobil was actually running ads supporting their green policies initiatives. So, bye. All right, moving on. Uh, Constantinos Roditis. There it is. No wall. Take a drink. I mean, barrier will be built before the 2020 election. Depends on what you mean. Depends on the uh, definition of the word is. 
Yes. Built, meaning completed, as in the past tense. If it's, I think he means any, any, uh, any part of the wall will be built before the 2020. Also, I mean, they're going to take, uh, Trump is going to take something. He's going to take peanuts. I, I will sell too, because I've, I've got to believe by hook or by crook, Trump will come up with something where he has a photo op. Yep. Okay. Something. So I will sell. I will buy because that's still not a wall. Okay. It's no, that's no. Might Part be of a wall is not a wall. Might be another brick in the wall, brother, if you know what no. I'm saying, G. All I do. in all. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Christian says Twitter will ban at least one of the following people by the end of the year. Ben Shapiro, Dave Rubin, Stephen Crowder, Jordan Peterson, or Sam Harris. Buy. I'll buy. I'll buy on that. Um, would be fascinating to see who. Let me tell you who I think number one on that list would be. Ruben. Yep. Because he's off the reservation, yep, bro. Yeah. Same reason we saw that, you know, radical feminist who questioned uh uh training madness get banned. She's suing them now, I believe. But um uh he's an intersectionality risk as under the current paradigm. So of all those people that were mentioned I would may, I'd rank him number one with Harris a close second because of his atheism. He's also um, uh, he's also a, a risk, but not nearly as much as Ruben is because Ruben Ruben represents the group that right now is at the top of the intersectionality food chain, and so for him to defy the groupthink, um, you know, the dude cannot abide that the Matrix cannot abide that. President Snow cannot have him mocking. Indeed. I will sell. I think they're going to do it. I've said as much already recently on Twitter, but I think it's going to, I think they think that this is one of their neutron bombs. And I think they're going to hold it until pretty close to the election cycle. I mean, I, I don't think that they, they're going to wait for the, what they view as the right one to mm-hmm. hang somebody on your, see, you're clearly a bigot. Um, I, and I, 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 I don't. We don't view it that way. We 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 see how this can bounce back on them, but we also see how our side is so clumsy. Whatever mm-hmm. our side is, so I, I think they're going to hold on to it a little a little longer. You know, just like as you know in political elections, there's that stuff you keep for the eleventh yeah. hour. I think that's how they think of this. Yeah, and there's another angle where Ruben's a threat too. I think it's him and Peterson. Are they the ones uh, leading the? Uh, Pushback on Patreon, yes, right? correct. Which is another major social media platform. So now he's going on offense. So now he's not just um, now he's not just uh, you know tossing the Kool Aid down the sewer. Uh, now he's not just uh, thinking for himself. But now now he's going on offense to push back against the shibboleth. Uh, that, that's another reason why he would be if, if it's anybody on the list. I think he's the most vulnerable. Next, pineapple on pizza. This is from Russ Salerno. Buy. It has to be with ham. Yeah, it I, I, cannot be with pepperoni. It has to be with plain uh, ham. Just those two. Just disagree. those two. Disagree. And some, uh, some some sort of white cheese. You can be any kind, no, no, no. kind of white cheese. Number one, but pumpkin do... spice, all the things. Number two, Taco Bell, better uh, than actual Mexican food. Number three, pineapple on pizza <laughs> is good. This is... America. America. All right, See, suck it. It's got to. It's got to right be there. with just ham. Though. In fact, just anything you know else. What? Tonight, I'm not. ordering a pizza with just pineapple. I like them apples. All right, thank you. You can do that because this is America. It's just it doesn't go well with. I mean, anything. That's how we're making America great again, right there. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't go well with anything else other than ham. With ham, it's awesome. This is. 
this is amazing. We, Steve lives in a world where he demands that his own mind be well ordered, but when it comes to food, and it's like oh, there are no there are no rules. It's chaos in there. Um, it just honestly, there is no pattern. You just have to. It, I'm a populist, man. When it comes to Americana, I am a populist. Yes. Pumpkin spice, all the things, Taco Bell, pineapple on pizza. That's what yes. That's what a madman says. That everything you just threw in there. Yeah. <laughs> I give it back to you. The people. Yes. The part of Steve's brain that uh, decides which foods he likes is like the the, the red room from um, Haunting of Hill House. You don't really know what's in there and you kinda of don't want to find out. <laughs> nice analogy. Nice. Uh, Elliot Evans says, by 2025, anti-Semitism, meaning pro-BDS, which is boycott, divestment, sanctions against Israel, will be a litmus test for all Democratic politicians. I think what he means by this is, are you anti-Semitic? If, yes. if you are, then uh, I'm voting for you. If you look at the, the history the, f- from the time of Abraham, and probably it'll be this way till Christ returns, any culture... Anti-Semitism is rife in any culture that is in rebellion to God. That's a undeniable truth of history. All right, and so I mean, the Democratic Party right now, um, you know, they are the leading advocacy group for those who want to not just be in rebellion to God, but shake their fist at them at the exact same time. So, bye. I will buy. Small segue. Why we've seen blue check mark Twitter. Uh, come out those who are Jewish come out uh, on this why do you think we haven't seen uh, Judaism writ large come out I mean the optics of the Jewish faith in America taking head on the Democrat party like what in the hell are you guys doing I don't know that would be a question to probably ask Daniel if if I could theorize it would be the cult of progressivism yep uh, and that the identity politic aspect of it. You know, what What I didn't get a chance to say about Ilian Omar and when you brought up in her montage, her talking about her trans brothers and sisters, guys, that's the Harvey Weinstein playbook. Yep. I, I'm busted for sexual assault, so my make good is well, uh, we're going to go after the NRA. Well, what, what Dave Rubin said in response to her, hey, um, you know, yes. uh, how many gay marriages are at your mosques? You know how many uh, how many uh, how many uh, transgendered folks uh, are are there on a Friday night at your mosque, and uh, how many of them are welcome? Calling her on her own horse, Bucky—that's yeah. her attempt to do a progressive make good, basically. Okay, so if I had to th- guess at a theory, it would be the cult of progressivism and the identity politic that I, goes along with it. I made a joke about your diet before being Kate. You you just described. That's what progressivism, the, the the chaos, the things that don't match that are put together in a level of madness. I mean, that that is the See, perfect. I would argue my tastes are mainstream. <laughs> yeah. I like the main, I like I Taco Bell, yeah. pumpkin spice. What's more your, mainstream than that? Is what was your a diet. joke, as I referred to you, yes. is their way of living and thinking about all things. I had a guy come up from Texas to have a political meeting with me yesterday. I took him to the Hy-Vee grocery store cafe. All right. Because it doesn't, why? Because they have pork and meat. Sorry, Spartacus. And then I opened up the menu and they had their new, uh, basically it's their new millennial line. Not Wahlburgers. Those come with government cheese. What's more American than that? Right, no, no. There was their new uh, government, their new millennial line, basically, which was uh, you could get a KLN spinach pizza. Oh, I am like, what fresh hell is this? All right. <laughs> 
I admit, I would say give me the pineapple at that point. <laughs> Can we close in prayer and go home? <laughs> Uh, that's, uh, that's where Todd says, leave the cannoli right yeah. there, right? Yes. <laughs> Blake Johnson says at least three Democratic candidates for president will have to drop out for sexual assault allegations. Sell. So, also. There's like eight women in yeah. there. You know, I don't think that's going to happen. One of them may have to drop out for having one of her female age shaver legs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's apparently that's the story making the rounds today. I guess I I don't know. Uh, Bradley Bacon says more people will vote in the 2020 presidential election than 2016. Trump will lose the popular quote unquote popular vote by a wider margin, and will win re-election by the same mar- thin margin as 2016. I'm going to sell right now. I'm going to sell right now. I I think um, a lot of that is probably true. I definitely think more people will vote in 2020 yeah. than 2016. Yep. That's why you've heard me say, pardon me. That's why you've heard me say Trump's going to need 68, 69 million votes instead of 66 million this time. Maybe more, maybe 70. So I agree with that part. I think it is possible he might he could lose the popular vote by wider margins. I'd have to actually look at turnout model, models in California, New York, for example. But I also think that um, this is where the Howard Schultz factor comes in. I, I could see some people in places like California and New York who realize, you know, I could see some old liberals who are like, you know what, uh, the Democrats going to win anyway. Yeah, uh, you know, so I'll, you know, I'm going to vote for a guy like a Howard Schultz because it won't make much of a difference. Okay. Um, I also think though we're heading down a path that it's not possible for Trump to win by the same razor thin margin because the existential debate. Hillary was still running as a as a stealth Democratic candidate. Remember their convention? All they were passing out conventions and or constitutions and waving flags. Remember you were here that night? How mad I was watching this. Okay, right. she was she still was running the old Democratic playbook about lie to the American people, how leftist we really are. You know, um, they're not going to do that this time. Okay, so guys, it's <laughs> it's February thirteenth. The first vote in Iowa is a year away. We're already at get rid of all private health insurance, kill all the babies, um, uh, give up your bacon or you will be made to care. Uh, Anti-Semitism, blackface, where where have I left off? And, um, oh, we won't cheer for locking up... uh, sex traffickers and drug dealers at the border. I have all that right so far. Oh, I forgot. Uh, Take all the cars and rebuild all the homes. Right. Okay. They haven't even started debating each other yet, guys. They haven't even started actually actively contending for that voting block yet with each other. I don't believe the, the path will be available to just eke this thing out. They're this. They're gonna. They're gonna demand an existential level debate, and so I think it's either a mandate for Trump or lose. I, I don't believe we will sit here again. And man, he won by eighty eight thousand votes this time. I, I think it is either he wins by a larger margin than anybody thought, or welcome uh, to uh, your new uh, utopian dystopian age. Uh, I'm gonna sell because right now I think he's. It's going to be narrow again, but I'm predicting he loses by the margin he just won by. All right, let's do a couple more rapid fire before we got to get out of here. Go. Alrighty, uh, Bradley Schick says a Big Ten team will be a one seed in this year's NCAA tournament. Sell. Sell. 
Uh, let's see, this one's good. Uh, Nick uh, channeling Beta O'Rourke. Uh, since walls are racist and quote unquote end lives, they have a future <laughs> in Virginia politics. <laughs> I will buy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, do we need to get to Brickhouse? Uh, still, yeah. Do you oh, have okay. one more? Uh, we can do one more. Okay. Uh, Micah Don Arrington says, after Avengers Endgame, the Marvel Cinematic Universe will start a downward spiral and end up with mo- woke, a mediocre, barely watchable mo- movies. Uh, Bye. That's, I'm gonna sell. Sell. Yeah. I, here's why. I think they're going to do all their virtue signaling like Brie Larson saying, I don't want white males at my, and then when you get to the movie, similar to what we were sold that Wonder Woman was going to be this feminist manifesto and it's not, uh, I think they're still going to want to cash the check. So I think everything, all the trappings around the films will be nauseatingly wokey, okay? But I think when we get to the movies themselves, I think by and large, they're going to be good old-fashioned popcorn Americana cash the check. That's what I think. They're going to try to have it both ways. My guess. Um, if you struggle to get started each day, um, maybe you've got those bursts of productivity, you crash, and then you're thinking, do I grab that one thing that's got you know 9,000 ingredients and 8,990 of them? I can't pronounce. And then it says it only works for a limited amount of time anyway. And don't do any of that. Don't put any of those chemicals in your body. Uh, don't do any of that. Use a natural energy supplement like I use today uh, to get going. Had a hard time getting to sleep last night. The wife's been gone this week, so I'm not sleeping as well. I've got my kickboxing workout today, though. So you know what I popped in? From dawn to dusk, uh, the natural energy supplement from Brickhouse Nutrition. Uh, These are physicians that do this the way nature and your creator intended. No crashes. Um, I just love this product. I use it on a frequent basis, not too much, you know, because you don't want to get to the point that you're overly relying on anything, but on a regular basis and no symptoms, no digestive issues, no jitters, no crashing. I would highly recommend it. This is the way to get that energy boost the way your creator intended. It's called From Dawn to Dusk, and it's exclusively available from our friends at Brickhouse Nutrition. You can order yours today at BrickhouseSteve.com. That's BrickhouseSteve.com. And use promo code Steve to get 15% off of your first order at BrickhouseSteve.com. All right, final words, final thoughts. Aaron, I'll go to you. Um, yeah, this I, 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 this thing with Elon Omar and the providential trolling, um, these, these are the signs of the times. We're not saying that uh, the Antichrist is going to announce himself tomorrow. But it's things that we should be uh, be aware of and actually should give us some degree of comfort that, hey, yeah, God, God really is here. He's working. Maybe not the way we'd prefer, but he is working. A church is a place of sacrifice, not a business. Don't forget our Blaze Roundtable coming your way later today. Back at it again tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.